So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, folks. Happy Tuesday evening. If you're joining us live, uh, we are jazzed up and ready to go here. We are happy to be back broadcasting live on this beautiful, I, I want to say, spring in the late of April, but. In Wisconsin, not really, because when I woke up this morning at 4.30 to go to work, it was snowing. That's some it real like, horseshit. It, it, it was like the sleety, snowy, uh, it, yeah, it, it was horseshit. So, uh, but it's sunny now, I'm looking out my window. It, it, it looks really nice now, but I know it's that deceptively cold, sunny day. Uh, but regardless, happy to be here, folks. Uh, and co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing this evening? I'm adjusting, Dustin. That's how I'm doing. I am adjusting to this horseshit weather. Yeah, I, I know people don't tune in to listen to us bitch about the weather, but for just a second, we have to elaborate because this past weekend was incredible weather. Oh, it was, it was summer in in our in our atmosphere, and all of a sudden, a day and a half later, we experienced like four seasons. And I'm just, yep. you know. I'm tired of it, Dustin. I'm tired of it. I feel like in Wisconsin, you know what we need to bring us out of this funk? What's that? A really good draft. And luckily, yes. we have the NFL draft coming up this week in just a couple of short days. Oh, I'm so excited. Two days from now, I will be sitting down, possibly at a bar, you and I, eyes glued to the TV for hours on end talking right. about the draft and seeing with which of the first round picks the Packers are going to take a quarterback with in this year's draft. <laughs> Don't put that out there even facetiously, Dustin. I'm not ready for that. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. Don't. It's 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 going to happen because Don't. someone's going to uh, trade for uh, Jordan Love uh, come draft day because one of the quarterbacks they want because I've actually heard uh, some of the other podcasts I've listened to that if Jordan Love was coming out this year, he'd probably be the highest rated quarterback or incoming rookie. So they, a lot of people still think he has talent. Maybe not Russell Wilson level talent, but I mean, he's got talent. Uh, so don't be surprised if, if something like that happens, some shen uh, draft day shenanigans. Look, I'm okay with the idea of the quarterback going out on draft day. And actually, we discussed this in a previous episode, that possibility that he would get traded. Jordan Love, that's fine. I'm fine mm -hmm. with the outgoing quarterback. I just cannot handle the incoming quarterback. So don't put that out into the world, yeah. Dustin. Please. Thank All right. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Um, yeah, folks, we've got an episode tonight. It'll be fun. We're doing a little mailbag, uh, as Jake has called it, our stolen mailbag. Uh, we, we put out the request over the last couple of weeks, folks, and no one responded with, with listener questions for us. So we had to go out, squitter, squitter, scour, scour the Twitter sphere. You see how I got that mixed up? That's a new word. I'm calling Webster's Dictionary immediately. Squitter needs to be in the dictionary, locked in. All right. TM. 
TM <laughs> uh, into the Squitterverse, and no one responded. So we, we scoured and found some questions that we'll just use for a, a table for discussion for this evening. Uh, since it's the NFL draft and we know everybody's, you know, really geeked out for that, because let's be honest, as far as fantasy football goes, this is like, this is basically Christmas. Maybe not Christmas. Maybe your birthday. Halloween? Is it Halloween? I mean, maybe it does get freaky on draft it, night. It, yeah, it, uh, well, that, that's probably a better analogy. I was going to say Christmas, but seeing how Scott Fish is handing out invitations uh, uh, this week for, for the fishbowl, that is literally Christmas. Because when you get that email, that is like opening the best surprise gift ever. Uh, that's true. So, yeah, I think Halloween. Let's go with Halloween. NFL draft is like <laughs> Halloween because there is a lot of shenanigans that does happen. So I like that. But yeah, so we're, we're just doing a fun uh, riff ep- episode here, uh, knowing that everyone's got their eyes focused two days into the future from this live show. Yeah, and I, you know what? I'm more excited for this. I am exhausted from all the draft talk, and I barely participate. I just absorb it. It's a one-way conversation. I just absorb all the information. I'm tired of absorbing. I need to be wrung out. Dustin, if I were a sponge in this scenario, I have absorbed too much draft talk. We just need the draft to happen so that we can move on and start discussing the actualities of it instead of all these projections. That's right. So before we get into our stolen mail, not a federal offense, folks, um, Jake, you brought over a wonderful beer, which I'm pretty sure we've had on the show before. And I'm sure um, most listeners have probably had this beer at one time or another we're talking about guinness a nice guinness drought stuff yes i don't know if we've had the drought we may have so with the guinness of course there's multiple variations what i like about this one dustin is if you shake it you get that clack right that's my favorite part about pouring this bad boy out it has that built-in what do they call it like a a nitrogenator yeah So that when you pour the beer, you have to pour hard. So you pour the beer totally upside down into your glass. And then you get that nice nitro effect where... uh, Cascade. um, Yes. The the Wayne's World Cascade. Yes. And that's what you see in your glass. And it is lovely. Look, I'm pretty sure we had this over St. Paddy's Day. Maybe not this one again, but the other Guinness. I don't know, man. It got cold. I was like, let's just, let's do something darker. And also my beer fridge is barren. So I need to replace it. Well, as is mine, um, so I'm glad you had a beard for us to uh, enjoy. But yeah, Guinness can't go wrong. Nice. As a dark beer, very easy drinking dark beer. If, if you want to get into right. dark beers, this might be your gateway beer to do that because it doesn't taste super dark and heavy. Um, it's got a nice amount of roast to it. Tickles the taste buds with that, that nitrogen on there. Uh, it, it's 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 a good intro to dark beers if, if you're ever so curious about that. So that's. That's the DTFF rec- recommendation Ooh. into dark beers. Perfect. There's your bridge. It's the bridge quarterback of dark beers or something yes. like that. I don't know. I tried too hard to tie it back to football. It didn't really work. But that's okay because we're going to tie this next segment into football. It's our favorite segment, the drunk trade of the week. That's right. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 of the week. Dustin, I'm excited to talk about this submission 
for our drunk trade of the week comes to us once again from Reddit from the user long jumping dash news dash 388 on Reddit. I cannot imagine the impetus for this name. I don't know where it came from, but I'm excited to talk about the trade. They say the night before our league's 2021 rookie draft, I got drunk and traded Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, and a 2022 first for the 101 in 2021 to get Trevor Lawrence. I was drinking with my league mate and determined to get that pick no matter what. Obviously a horrendous trade, which I'm still paying for, but I still hold out a sliver of hope that it doesn't look as bad after next year. Dustin, are you grabbing that sliver of hope or are you throwing it away? Is Trevor Lawrence still going to come out of this fine? I think so. I, I, I'm I'm on the hope side. Hope amongst hope. Dream amongst dream. That that <laughs> T-Law will be just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we saw as a rookie year in a bad way for the ages uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but I, I have hope he's going to improve. Is he going to be the, maybe the next coming of Peyton Manning that everyone thought? Maybe not to that level. I mean, that's a very, very high bar to reach. But I still think he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league um, and will and will be in that top tier uh, consideration year in and year out for years to come. But uh, this is a lot to give up for the 101. So you got your 22 first. That's right. It don't know say, still yet what it was. He didn't specify. Yes, or they didn't we don't specify know where, where it was, was but yeah. so let's let's assume middle of the pack. So 105 to like 107 ish. We'll just mm-hmm. for this exercise, we'll we'll just sure. assume middle middle of the road. Derek Carr and Kamara. I mean, Kamara still worth a first easily. A single, yeah. Even considering his age and right. that possible suspension yeah right. i still think you have to at least consider a first i would say first maybe first plus yet because mm-hmm. I, I think camara is gonna hang on longer than most running backs only because he is so useful in the passing game maybe he won't get the the first and second down work as much as he gets a little long in the tooth but he'll still get that third down work for a number of years so he'll be very ppr relevant for for quite a while and Derek carr Again, looking back, hindsight, now that, you know, he's got Devontae Adams and he's been a very uh, serviceable quarterback. And do we know if this was a super flex league? I am assuming a super flex league, but that was not mentioned. I think that's the only reason you would want Trevor Lawrence so desperately mm-hmm. at the 101. Yeah. And I think um, given it's super flex, I mean, you're, you got a first car is worth in a super flex league a late first sure probably maybe not last year at this time and then kamara's a first i mean that that's a lot to give up to move up to the 101 i i'm wondering if they could have gotten you know just doing Derek carr in the first uh i don't know i I, i'm not a big fan of this 
They could have done that, Dustin, but this is a drunk trade for a reason. This is Absolutely. not sensible, top of your mind. I get I'm that. With I, I'm with I, it. I'm just, I'm just saying, though, <laughs> I, I think this is why we don't drunk trade. Well, I mean, this is why you don't drunk trade. I will not take that. I, I, or I will take that. I mean, I will drunk trade all night long uh, because sometimes you come out on the Camara. And car and 2022 right. first side of these. Well, things. right. If it was the league mate saying, "Hey, I did a drunk trade," or the person my league mate was drunk and sent me this trade, we'd be like, "Yes, you scored well on this. Good job." But, and, but the person, and they were drinking together, so the league right. mate and them were drinking. So this did work out for one person. That's why I'm saying, mm-hmm. don't shoot down the idea of a drunk trade necessarily. You just got to be better oh, about drunk trade. Okay. That's from all. from from the one side, not great. From the other side, great. There How about go. that? perfect <laughs> yes but that is the risk you take when you do this of course yeah i Absolutely. mean i'm obviously with you it's it's definitely an overpay for trevor lawrence i mean yeah there's no getting around that i am holding out hope that trevor lawrence is still gonna become a top 10 quarterback in the nfl mm-hmm. for fantasy if if for nothing else and that's not what you paid for here so it's still a hard pill to swallow but you know all is not lost with trevor lawrence so yeah It'll it'll get better. Long jumping news three eighty eight. It really will. <laughs> it will. I, as long as, like you said, he turns into maybe a top top ten, top eight quarterback. I mean, you're gonna have him on your roster for fifteen years, assuming your league goes that long. You know, he's a guy that you're gonna be able to set and forget for years to come. So that is hard to come by in fantasy football. So I mean, it could work out really, really well here. It's too hard to say. Or too soon to say, I should say. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for you. Long Jumping News 388. I cannot and will not get over that username. I need to know the entire backstory now. I think we could do an entire podcast about it, quite frankly. Well. But we won't. <laughs> yeah, let's not. <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into some uh, some stolen mailbag? Yeah. Yeah. So... Why don't you pick the first one here, Jake? I'll, I'll let you start off questioning here. Fair enough. So, yes, I scoured. We looked at Twitter and we said, you're asking that question. You want an answer? Do you want a- us to answer that? I don't know, but we're going to. So we'll deal with it. We're going to give you our answer whether you like it or not. And the first one that I found, it was so perfect for us. Of course, as Packers homers, we're on our way into the draft. And this was posed by Matt Schneidman on Twitter. Will the Packers 20-year run of not drafting wide receivers in the first round end? So, Dustin, do you think with with all of your BS at the top of the episode about (laughs) us drafting a quarterback, do you think that this is the year we finally take one in the first? Oh, I don't know. I, I hate to say it. I, I want to say yes. My 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 heart wants to say yes, that this is going to be the year, only because it is such a deep wide receiver class. And granted, there's no Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson at the top of this class, but it is a very deep, as as you would say, maybe like a tier two, like under just that tier underneath Jefferson and, and uh, Chase. It's a very deep tier underneath that, and that's still a lot of value. 
especially for a real NFL. I mean, if we're talking real NFL purposes here, yeah, that's really good value. Chances are there's going to be a good wide receiver uh, still available. Now we know Kansas City has a couple picks uh, ahead of us, or at least one ahead of us, um, and they're pretty wide receiver needy at the moment now with trading Tyreek away. Uh, there's been a number of other teams rumored to take wide receivers early. So I guess it it really depends on how the draft plays out. I think if one of those top five or six wide receivers are still uh, available, I think the Packers would probably take one. But, I mean, there's so many other positions of need for the team as well that since it is such a deep class that maybe they would wait to the second round and draft a couple in the second round or something. I don't know. My, my heart wants to say yes, but my brain says probably not because the Packers just don't like to do that. I'm going to side with your heart. I do not like what your brain has to offer right now. I'm sorry to say because of the depth, I understand, and because we have two firsts and two seconds. Although one thing we didn't mention at the top of the episode, might as well drop it now, there's rumors going about that the Packers could be trading for Darren Waller. And mm -hmm. if so, likely would be for one of those second round picks, probably the one that we got from the Raiders right. in that Devontae trade. So that mm -hmm. would eliminate one of those. But regardless, there's just, there is such an urgent and desperate need for wide receiver, unlike any time before. And we've talked about it like every year it feels mm -hmm. like Packers need a wide receiver, but we really, we really, really need, need one a now. wide receiver. Yeah. It, you know, over the last 20 years, we've had uh, a, a true number one wide receiver on our team, whether it was Devante, Jordy, Jennings, Donald driver, Sterling Sharp. I mean, uh, Antonio Freeman, like we've had like a true number one on our team and, and we don't have that now. So, it is very frightening, and it is definitely a position of need. I would hope the Packers address it, but I just I don't know what this front office thinks uh, ever, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. If uh, if they don't draft one in the first round, uh, I'm I'm quitting. Um, I'm quitting You're... the Packers. All I will right. no longer be on their payroll, which I absolutely am right now. Uh, I will stop. So I I'm gonna go with your hope. That, that we do, but I understand why you might think differently. Uh, is there a certain question that you want to uh, peg out here? Yeah, as long that? as we're still talking draft, um, and this comes from at NFL Draft Scout, who's your all-time favorite draft pick? This is a great question. It is. Uh, I love this. So obviously for ourselves and our purposes, we'll go with the Packers side of things, but if you want to elaborate and go outside of the Packers, if there's just, let's say, over the last, I don't know, 20 years. It's tough to say all, all time, your all-time mm -hmm. favorite draft pick ever. But for me, I was so excited when we finally took a guy that I felt we should have taken, which was Jair Alexander. And mm -hmm. this was recent, so I get it. It's recency bias. But after that awful... It was like three years straight of just like we passed up all of the best people. The TJ Watt debacle mm -hmm. where we passed on him for Kevin King. It's like all we were doing were shooting ourselves in the foot. And then finally it felt like the first really competent draft pick that they'd made in quite some time. And just from a sense of relief, Jair Alexander for me. But but how about for you? Oh, 
the, the Packers have had some really good ones over the years. Uh, I, I mean, I, Jair was one of the first ones that popped into my head. I'm not going to lie. Cause I love that guy. He's such a stud and I can't wait to see him back at full health this, this next season. But, um, you know, Adams in the second round was a great pick. Um, I really love that. And I do remember, you know, the, I know this was a little before your time, Jake, being a Packer fan. And it pains me a little bit now to say it, but when Rodgers was drafted and he slid down in the draft and we were able to get him, I was really excited about that at the time. Um, only because he, what, slipped the 26 overall and he was projected to be a possible number one overall pick. I mean, he was in that conversation. So for us to be able to get him, I remember, and that was the whole thing too when Favre was starting his annual Am I going to retire campaign? And I was just happy to have like a quarterback there that, you know, I felt like was going to be a good quarterback and someone we could trust, which turns out very well for us. So that, that, I mean, it seems like a very obvious one, but I do remember being like, Oh, I can't believe. And as that, as it got closer and closer to our pick and Rogers kept falling, the excitement in me just grew so much with every pick. I was like, this is going to happen. This is happening. (laughs) And and it did. Am I wearing the right pants for this situation? Am I I definitely was not. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that's what I'm missing about this year's draft is there's nobody on that board where I go, if they were to fall to the Packers at our, you know, a couple of later round first picks, there's nobody Mm -hmm. where I'm like, Oh, what a steal. You know, maybe right. a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, which is an obvious like top three pick, it seems like. But aside from that, you know, that's so I miss that there's no kind of Aaron Rodgers in this draft class. But uh, I'm I'm with you on that, even though I didn't watch it live because mm-hmm. that was before my time. That was a couple of years before I got on board the train um, outside of the Packers. Is there anybody outside of the Packers that sticks out to you as just like what a good draft pick? Oh, good question. I know. <laughs> Thank you, NFL Draft Scout, for a, a great secondary question as well. Because I'll tell you, mine came up in my original answer, which was mm-hmm. TJ Watt. It was as frustrating to see him passed over as it was great to see him land in a spot like Pittsburgh. And you're like, yeah, he's just going to dominate. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he had to slip a little bit, it was just like, there's that chip on the shoulder. Yeah, Go get him, TJ. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I think, you know, most people would probably say, nah, I won't even go there. That's fine. I'm done. <laughs> oh. Pass. Pass. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'm 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 moving then. Let's switch gears here. Look, we, we said we weren't gonna obsess over the draft because everybody's True. obsessing over the draft. So let's let's move along to our realm, our fantasy football realm. And I want to lobby a softball here to okay. open things up. This one comes from Empowered FF on Twitter. Dustin, what's your favorite part about playing fantasy football? I have to choose one thing. You got to choose one. It's all amazing. Let's let's give me a break. Here. Oh come on! Uh, Don't you give me that answer. You get specific. You get real specific now. All right. I my favorite thing about fantasy football is I. I love, I love startup drafts. 
good answer. They're family, so family fun. feud. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> They're so fun. And, and this is coming off of me just finishing my first uh, uh, startup of this off season. Uh, it was so much fun. And that, that excitement of getting your guys or going after your players, you know, trying to see how late you can take one of your sleepers, you know, one of your guys you have pegged in the later round. How how late can you hold off before someone else snipes you? Um, or actually getting sniped and sniping other players and just the chat going around in, in the, the startup. Like the whole thing about startups is just so much fun. That is probably my favorite thing. What about I like you, Jay? That. I respect that. I, I love a good startup draft for all the reasons you mentioned. And also just because it's the most activity that your league is ever going to have is on that day. Like the trades, likely, the trash yeah. talk, it all mm -hmm. comes in uh, all at once. I love, I'm obsessed with trading. I just, I'm that guy who every other day I want to be looking at my teams, figuring out a way to make a move. Now, maybe you might say that's because my teams aren't very good. <laughs> and so I need to just keep trading. And you might be right. No, uh, that's but it not doesn't true. change the fact. It's, it's very possible, but I just love that it's the constant analyzing, right? You're constantly racking your brain to figure out, all right, how can A, my team get better, which is the most important thing, of course, but B, how can I do that in a way that makes sense for this person? And mm -hmm. it's just like a little tiny puzzle. You know, it is. It's a little puzzle you got to put together, and it's it might be missing an edge piece here and there sometimes, you know, and you got to figure out a way to just jam something in there. <laughs> Ultimately, that's maybe not the best way to phrase that, but uh, I think it's applicable. But uh, yeah, I love trading and I, I likely do it too much. But you know what? I don't think there is such a thing. My way. There is no such thing as too much trading, Jake. There is really not. Good. That's, that's part of the game. That, that's, and, and you're always looking to, you know, keep one, it keeps activity going in your league. Because right. one trade you do might start off a flurry of other trades, oh, and and it's feeling. and and uh, you know you can your team is never complete. No matter how good you think your team is, it's you're never guaranteed a championship. And I mean, it doesn't matter how sexy your roster looks; it can get sexier. Uh, there's always that other piece you can pick up. So we can yeah, get trade sexier. It, it can. It it really can. So oh. I, that's a good one. But I mean, let's be honest though. Everything about fantasy football is terrific. Oh yeah. Well, everything. Everything. Yeah. How about how about the managers who never look at their trade offers? Okay. Do you think that falls under everything, Dustin? Okay, fine. If you're gonna throw a wet blanket <laughs> over this, then fine. <laughs> you win, Jake. I'm here to poke holes. Also, that's my favorite part about fantasy football, really, is somebody saying that I win. So thank okay. you for changing my answer at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Let's see here. So who this? Okay. From at it's just fantasy. Who would you rather have on your fantasy team for 2022? Just for this next year, Mark Andrews or George Kittle? <sighs> I, I, had a bit of a uh, a heart palpitation when I read this question because part of me wanted to say neither, and that's plainly based on their cost. So if we're looking at it from a redraft perspective, they're mm -hmm. both going to fall into that that thing of like, I'm going to have to draft you within the first two rounds, probably still back half, probably the second round is the latest you'll get either of these guys. I don't really feel comfortable doing that with either of them. We've talked before about how Mark Andrews 
a lot of his target share was because backups came in and they mm-hmm. hyper-targeted Mark Andrews. And when Lamar was in there, he was still really good, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't that moonshot that he was with the backups. George Kittle, I worry about the new quarterback coming in there mm-hmm. with Trey Lance, how the target distribution is going to go there. We talked about it a bunch last offseason when mm-hmm. I expected Trey Lance to take over and he didn't. But it's well, like, and also, this is uh, also very dependent on right now, just in light of like the whole Debo trade rumors and everything. Like, true. if Debo's on the team, that totally sways how I would answer this question rather than if he's traded away. Well, then I would probably smash George Kittle at, instead of Andrews. Let's assume. And I actually am going to feed off of this question here shortly, but let's assume for right now that mm-hmm. Debo stays with the 49ers, and everything is as it is. And no big draft moves happen right, in terms right, of right, wide receivers, right. tight ends, etc. Yep. Who would you rather have than in that situation, Andrews or Kittle? I'd take Andrews. Okay. Do you just have that much more faith that he will collect more targets? Is it athleticism-based? I hope it's not, because George Kittle is a beast. No, aspect. I think it's, it's, it's targets and red zone usage. Um. Uh, yeah, I just, Mark Andrews, I mean, they have a, him and Lamar have a connection. We've seen them get used year in and year out. Yeah, last year he was hyper-targeted those handful of games because he was out. But he's been targeted like that pretty much every year. Him and Lamar have been together. And he does get a lot of red zone usage, which is really nice. Where in San Francisco, I feel like that's Debo time. Or they're going to go to the running back. Or it could be Trey Lance, you know, doing a quarterback keeper. So I don't necessarily see them using George Kittle in that way um, near the red zone. Yeah, I think ultimately I'm going to agree with you on this one. We're not going to spat here. <laughs> it is because, yeah, it's just too hard to predict what his target share is going to look like and how much mm-hmm. San Francisco is going to throw overall. And it just kind of bums me out to think about. Mm-hmm. So George Kittle is one of those guys. He'll probably just be off my draft board, unfortunately. But right. I think they both will for me. Uh, if we're looking at dynasty, if we're just going to expand on the question, I think in that case, I would still rather have Mark Andrews above George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to pay up for both. But all right, let's suggest, because you mentioned this just before, there's rumors. With Debo requesting a trade from the 49ers, where do you think he lands? So this one comes in from at Average Joe's FF. Assuming that he truly does get traded. Green Bay. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's my hope. Let's let's put it that way. That is my hope. My dream. My desire is if he does get traded, that he does get traded to the Packers. If it's need. Packers, one, they have the draft capital to be able to trade for him. Two, they have the absolute need for a playmaker wide receiver. Three, he's very young yet. Or is he 26? So he's young, um, youngish. Uh, so, and, and I think LaFleur could, and LaFleur's familiar with, no, he's not. Wrong LaFleur. Never mind. Strike that. Uh, <laughs> Strike but, it. Uh, Got that. Yeah. But LaFleur is a very creative offensive mind, and he would be able to get creative with Debo um, using him in a number of different ways. So, ideally, that's where I would like to see it. But there is a number of wide, wide receiver needy teams out there that could also make moves for him, uh, whether it's 
you know, I've heard rumors of the Jets. Atlanta could be a team. They need wide receiver help. Uh, I, there, there's so many teams that, that could use a playmaker like that. Yes. And I mean, Chicago, you... I mean, oh yeah, Chicago could certainly use it. Detroit could certainly use it. There's Houston. all these, I mean, there's, the there's so teams. many, so many teams. The issue is which of these teams, A, has enough to spend on him, as you mentioned, and B, where does he actually want to go to? I don't know where Debo wants to go to. Right. My assumption would be he wants to go to a winner unless he truly just wants to get paid. And then right. do you, Debo. But if he did want to go to a winner, I can't think of many spots that are going to be great for him. Maybe Dallas can finagle something to get Maybe. him there with Amari Cooper leaving, with Michael Gallup still recovering from his injury last year. They could certainly use him. Mm -hmm. And he, and they're certainly higher on the pecking order than like the Jets. Right. But I, for fantasy, if he's not going to stick around in San Francisco, and if he's not going to go to Green Bay, like we would both love to happen, put him on Atlanta. I like the call there with the Falcons because Arthur Smith has at least shown he knows how to use a guy that that's versatile. Mm -hmm. That is that versatile. Cordero Patterson, we saw him finally shine for the first time in his like 40-year career last year on the Falcons. Yeah, he's not the talent that Debo is, but it's a similar kind of idea with utilizing those guys. So put him on the Falcons. They need him. I'd love it for fantasy. Mm -hmm. Same season. I think that's that's a good call, Jake. Yay. Okay. Let's go here. I'm looking over, looking over, looking over. So um, this is from at Swagman95. How much is Kyle Pitts worth to you in a two tight end, 1.5 tight end premium league? Oof. Oof. Dustin, the thing about Kyle Pitts is that, I think I've told you this before, I'm going to pay whatever it takes to get Kyle Pitts on my mm -hmm. team. And so when you ask me a question like this, what's Kyle Pitts' value? Um, it's whatever I have to pay to get him on my team. So, But, but, here, but here's the thing. In a, in a start two tight end league, yeah. I'd pay, what, three firsts? Easy? Yeah, and it's one and a half. Tight right. end premium. But there. the fact that you have to start two tight ends every single week. This isn't yeah. like a, a super flex. I mean, it's, you have to start two. So to have a stud in your lineup week in and week out is, is vital. I mean, you can get away yeah. with you streaming uh, a lower tier tight end. But at that point, if you're starting two tight ends, there's not a lot of streamers out there. Like you have to have a lot of tight ends on your roster. So to have that one that you're getting guaranteed big production out of is huge, huge. So, I mean, yeah, going back, basically what you're saying, whatever you have to pay to get them is, is going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm already close to doing that or basically doing that and start one tight end leagues with Kyle Pitts of just whatever I got to give. I understand it's going to be mm -hmm. a lot. I'm fine with it. This isn't a, a situation where I want to skimp. And in this one, yeah, start two tight ends. You'd said three first-round picks. Totally fair. Because I'm thinking in a one tight end league, I'm giving the 101 this year, and I'm giving a first next year. And, man, I'm still probably feeling comfortable with it. 
you know, mm-hmm. assuming that I project that it's not the 101 again next year or something. Right, right. And then I might, in a one tight end league, so start two tight ends, three firsts is on the table for me all day yeah. long. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, God. I'm just, I need more Kyle. Um, I've been waiting. I've been trying to wait. Listeners, we always talk about like the ideal time to trade for, uh, trade away your draft picks. And I try and wait until basically on the clock during the rookie draft to trade those away to get the maximum value. But it's been tough because I'm trying to save those up to go out and get Kyle Pitts on a rookie <laughs> draft day. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I would like to pivot away here from tight ends and I'd like to move over to running backs. So in dynasty, who would you rather have? We've got Joe Mixon or, Austin Eckler. This comes from at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Mixon or Eckler for you? Eckler. Just straight up Eckler. Are you yeah, not concerned it's, at all it's... about longevity? Um, not really. I, I Eckler's not that much older than Mixon, if I'm correct. I think maybe a year apart. That sounds right. I feel like Joe Mixon is always younger than people. I, yeah, no, I, I I do think Mixon is younger. I want to say Austin Eckler is like a year older, year and a half, something like that. I don't think they're too far apart in age. Um, I just, well, one is my my just general bias against Joe Mixon. Um, so sure. if I have the option of pivoting to someone else that's in that same tier for me of running back, um, I, I will do that. So that's why I pick Eckler. But um, I also like Eckler for his pass catching ability. Uh, we've seen him use that where Joe Mixon, uh, yeah, he gets some and he has good hands. He can catch, but with all those other pass catchers on that offense, they don't really need him to be catching the ball a ton out of the backfield. So I, I would rather take in, especially in PPR, I'd rather take the, the player that that's going to give me more of that PPR upside. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get out of my head with the Joe Mixon anti-venom that I have here. I, I need to I need to look at this practically. The thing is, both of these offenses are fantastic and look like they should be fantastic for a very long time because both of these young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, obviously the pieces there for wide receiver are comparable. I mean, Keenan Allen, I will not tolerate any Keenan Allen slander. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. Mike Williams is very good when he's actually healthy. Uh, does it compare to Jamar Chase and T Higgins? I don't know. But the point is this, the entire offense moves for both All of right. these teams. Yep. So to cut you off for one second. So Austin yeah. Eckler is 26, uh, will be turning 27 in May. Okay. And Joe Mixon is 25, turning 26 in July. So they're about a year different. It doesn't really matter then. Uh, honestly, right. you know, you, when you're playing with this, I'm not worried about their age so much. I'm just more worried about like Austin Eckler's handling the, the mm-hmm. big workloads that we didn't mm-hmm. really get to see until the first time last year. So I'm a little bit more nervous about that. But again, all other things are pretty much equal. I think I would still take Mixon in this one. I think I would rather have Joe Mixon in Dynasty. Uh, it's a sad day that I finally answered 
positively about Joe. No, Mason and and, and you know, and I, I I think they're they're very close. I I don't think you're gonna go wrong either way with either player. Uh, I I just for me they're in the same tier, and that that's one of my dividing factors is I'm just not a huge Joe Mixon fan, even though I am starting to come around and I am softening my 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 stance on my anti Joe Mixon slander here. But um, I am an Austin Eckler stan as well. So um, given those things, you know, it's close, though. It, it's like I said, it's not like you're going to go wrong with either player. They're both going to be top end running backs for the next couple years, at least. So you're kind of splitting hairs, to be honest. It is. You know, this is just the type of question where it's like, yeah, get both of them on your team if you can. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you're looking <laughs> to trade one or the other away, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody else has the opposite player, it's just that thing of, Ooh, I can get that player and maybe uh, a couple of thirds, you know, dart throws mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're basically even. All right, get it, get us away from Joe Mixon. We we got to move on from him. <laughs> All right, so dirty. Well, th- this one's going to be dirty too. This comes from um, at Trophy Snack. Which division has the worst quarterbacks on average? Like oh, like overall, you take the entire division. You average them all out. Which 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 division has the worst quarterbacks? Okay, I, I'm trying my hardest not to let one quarterback cloud my judgment because, as you said, it's an average. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an average. We shouldn't shit on one quarterback <laughs> who is sort of weighing their their division down. But <laughs> it's kind of hard not to. It's really tough for me right now to look at Daniel Jones on the Giants and not want to include him in this conversation. And especially because, look, Dak Prescott is great. Okay, Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts can be great. Very good for fantasy. Very but good for has, fantasy. Yeah, and, and maybe that's a good point to distinguish here. Do we want to look at fantasy? Do we want to look at actual NFL? I, I'm looking at fantasy. Mm-hmm. For purposes, Same. You know? Same. So the longevity there with Jalen Hurts you don't know about. With the Commanders, now there's Carson Wentz. That does not inspire confidence either. So you're looking at Dak kind of holding up everybody Mm -hmm. in that division right now. So I kind of want to say it's the NFC East. Point, but counterpoint. NFC South. You've got Sam Darnold. Yeah. You've got Marcus Mariota. I like him. Last time we saw him play, he hasn't. He really didn't do much to inspire confidence. Hey, that one game that he started for the Raiders like two years ago, he was a dynamo. Jameis Winston. He was playing. He was playing okay, but not great. And then you have Tom Brady, who is like your NFC East. He's the Dak of the NFC South. I think Jameis Winston is leagues above for fantasy. Any of the other quarterbacks not named Dak Prescott in the NFC East, personally. And he'll be getting Michael Thomas back, but potentially. So we'll we'll have to see. We'll see. I can I say I think it's funny that neither of us said the NFC North because maybe, no, maybe I don't, it's because I don't. they've truly turned a leaf. Or maybe it's because Matt Nagy is no longer there and is weighing Justin Fields down. Well, even besides that, um, I mean Rodgers is great for fantasy. Kirk Cousins is very good for fantasy. You have Goff two top 12. 
You have two top 12, though, quarterbacks, fantasy-wise. I mean, that that's hard yeah. to argue that they're not, that that's a poor division. That's fair. That's fair. AFC East is brought up almost entirely by Josh Allen as well. So mm-hmm. I feel like they could have been in contention there. I yeah, mean, but they've they've got Mac Jones and Tua. I mean, they're not the same though. level as the other two divisions. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we're trying That's to compare fair. divisions, you know that that I, I would rather take the AFC East over you know the NFC East. I have an idea. I would love to bring this question into every single episode of our upcoming divisional breakdown series. And I'd like to ask each person from their division who they believe has the worst quarterbacks in the other division. Because I'm guessing there's going to be some rivalry talk there too. A lot of like, my quarterback's amazing, but these other teams are shit kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. I'd be very curious. Yeah, let's do that. Let's put a pin in that one. I like Um, that. But for now... Let's move along here. One more draft question, but we're looking backwards at the draft, okay? So I want to know, because I don't think anybody's inspired by him. Dynasty Nerds just asked, would you call CEH Clyde Edwards-Alaire a draft bust at this point? Two years in. Do you think he qualifies as a bust? I don't know. I don't know if you'd go so far as to say he's a bust. He's definitely bordering on that. Because uh, it's not like he hasn't produced at all. I mean, his rookie year, he produced decently. Just not what we were expecting him to do in that offense. Like, what do you have over a thousand yards? And uh, he was like a mid RB2. Yeah, he was like a mid RB2, I think, after his rookie season. I know last year um, had some injuries and, you know, wasn't the best season, but I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him a bust, but just not living up to the hype, I think, especially in the fantasy sphere. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me put it this way. CEH has at this point missed uh, about 10 games. Over his first two seasons. So he's already missed 10 games. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is clouding people's judgment Mm -hmm. with him a little bit. Because I just pulled up. I was curious. If we look at all the games that he's played. And we actually extrapolated it out to a 17-game season-long average now. He put up just under 1,000 rushing yards. And 350 receiving yards. With 41 uh, receptions. Added on to that. From a fantasy standpoint, I don't know. I'm not calling that a bust. No. That seems egregious. But yeah, I get not living up to your expectations. Yeah, he hasn't been great. but Because he's on the Chiefs and everybody Mm -hmm. wants, oh, he was going to catch all these passes because Mm -hmm. it's the Chiefs and he's going to be locked in for that. And no, that didn't happen. But I mean, averaging 57 targets a season is still really good. Yeah. Again, per that 17-game pace. So I'm not calling him a bust. I'm calling him a slight disappointment. Yes. And I think that's what I'm sticking with. I concur. Okay. All right. Whew. All right. Should we do just a few more and then get out of here? Let's do it. All right. So this comes from at fantasy F ballin five. Who would you rather pay to have on your actual NFL team? 
One, Terry McLaurin. B, A.J. Brown. C, Debo Samuel. So let's look at this as if we want them, hypothetically, hypothetically, because you mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. we want them on the Packers, right, our team. And yeah, so which one what, do you want on, on, your, on our team? Of those three, if you, if you had your Santa could pull them out of a sack and, and drop them on the Lambeau field, be on your team, which one of those three do you want on your team? First of all, I definitely want that to happen now. Hopefully there could be like a parachuting thing onto the middle of the field. That would be awesome. <laughs> Look, if we're factoring in their production, their future, their versatility, and probably what they're going to demand for a paycheck, I still want Debo Samuel. I understand why a lot of people would be inclined to say A.J. Brown in this one. And I think, if I recall, this was a poll posted on Twitter, and I think A.J. Brown was leading that poll. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, if you want to consider, like, the truest alpha wide receivers, probably A.J. Brown. But also, like, the injury concerns are concerning, and uh, the versatility of Debo Samuel, I think, trumps the rest of it for me. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I lean Debo as well, though it's really close with AJ Brown. Uh, I, I, yeah, Terry McLaurin's kind of out of the equation for me. He's just hasn't shown that he's an alpha wide receiver. And you could say, oh, a situation. Well, nobody thought AJ Brown was going to do what he's done in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry running all day long. Like, like nobody expected him to do that, but he has because he's a fucking stud. So it, it's really close, but I would probably lean Debo as well, but just, just by, just by a hair. Just by a teeny hair. Yes. Yeah. It's a bigger hair for me. Uh, it's a, it's a longer hair for me, but it's still, you know, yeah, the tear goes Debo, AJ Brown, big space. Mm. Terry McLaurin. Big space, yes. Uh, hopefully he turns things around. Hopefully Terry turns yeah. things around with Carson Wentz there. I know I was crapping on Carson Wentz just mere moments ago. But for fantasy and for Terry McLaurin, he's still the best quarterback he's probably played with. So yeah, that's very something. true. All right, all right. Let's let's do a, another fun tight end one because you know me. I can't get enough of my tight ends. That's uh, right. I got to talk about him. So... For 2022 only, who scores more points? This one comes in from Russell J. Clay. Uh, is it Evan Ingram? Is it David Njoku? Or is it Albert Aquibana? Oh, I think I puked in my mouth a little bit when uh, I saw this pop up. This is a gross question. Aren't all tight end questions kind of gross questions, though? No, this one is especially gross. But... All right. As much as it pains me to say, Evan Ingram. You want the recently signed Jag yep. out of this particular group. Yes. Okay. I want okay. the Jag of all Jags of Evan Ingram. One, we've seen him do it before. Like he has had very good fantasy seasons. Season singular. <laughs> I'm sorry. True. Didn't mean to... Uh, uh, give him more credit than he's due here. He had a very good fantasy season. And I, I just think a new, and we talked about this a little bit last week, I believe I think a change of scenery is going to do him good. And I'm not totally sold on those other offensive pieces with the wide receivers they brought in that they're going to demand all this uh, target share. So I think of, of all of them that he probably has the best opportunity to score the most points. 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. I am just so enticed by Albert Aquegvenum now that Noah Fant is out of Denver. Mm-hmm. And Albert steps atop the depth chart now. He's finally the guy. We saw little bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. last year where he was asked to do a lot and arguably sometimes more than Noah Fant was. And then Noah Fant's now gone over to Seattle. Russell Wilson comes in for the Broncos. I know that there's a lot of pieces there. There's a lot of guys. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. I understand it all. And then that nice running back tandem who mm-hmm. is still potentially going to be there. Maybe Melvin Gordon even right. signs. We don't know. And I get the too many mouths thing. Albert's just an absolute man. And it's mm-hmm. the athletic thing that I've gotten wrapped up in too many times before. So maybe he comes and is, is the next Kahale boring. I sure hope not. I sure hope that's not the case. But I truly think that Albert out of this three at least has the highest ceiling for me, mm-hmm. if nothing else. And in this batch of tight ends, that's really all I'm hoping for. Right. I mean, I don't think there is, well, there is only one wrong answer in, in, of these three, and that's Njoku. I just don't see him uh, producing a lot of points, period, in that Hey, offense. Austin Hooper finally left the Browns, though. Hey, you know, great. That's that's good. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that that's the only wrong answer. I mean, it's probably going to be a toss up come end of the season uh, of, of which between Ingram and O finish. But do we beer I, bet this one? Dare we make such a gross beer bet on this oh, very episode? Why not? Let's do All it. Right. I love it. PPR points. I will take Albert Aquegbanam. You will take Evan Ingram. We'll see where things end up. So we're doing total fantasy points, or do we want to do points Points per per game? game. Yeah, I figure points per game. Minimum, I don't know. What's our typical threshold? Like six? I was going to say six. I was thinking six. Right there. Look at that. Nice. All right. Minimum six games. Points per game. PPR. Who's it going to be? This one I feel like deserves to not be a shot. This deserves, because you mentioned it's so gross, it deserves to be a beer uh, chug. Okay. I'm trying to find this on the uh, show sheet here so I can make a note that it's uh, it's a beer bet, but... Oh, I've I've, I've got it. Don't don't worry. I've got this one. All right. You want to take us home with the the last question of the episode? Last question. And I'm glad you didn't use it as a question yet because uh, this is is probably my favorite question on the show sheet. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This is a non-fantasy football related question here. And this comes from at FYF Josh. Who would win in a fight? Batman or John Wick? Uh, I do love this. Uh, you know, I, I threw this in there thinking like, yeah, we might need a little break from talking football. Why, no, I love it. I love that there's a non-football related question. All right. Do you, do you want me to go first with this? Yes. Yes. I would love to hear hear your side of this first okay so here's the thing there's multiple batmen we've seen many iterations of batman Mm -hmm. right so if we want to look at it from a movie standpoint which i think we should because john wick is really only in the movies unless like that's a graphic novel i don't know about i maybe it could be i don't know good question but let's assume movie yeah it's just more relatable for me let's do movies all right so i just saw the batman in which uh twilight's own uh, Robert Pattinson took over the role, right? 
If I'm picking one Batman to go against John Wick, first of all, I'm doing Keaton. I'm sorry, it's not going to be Christian Bale. Uh, I still want Michael Keaton out there fighting against John Wick because I've always secretly, I think, wanted Keanu Reeves to fight um, our, our guy. And, and I think Michael Keaton could take... Uh, it, it couldn't take him. He could hold his own. I think from an entertainment perspective, it's the best. But I think John Wick is going to come out, even with all the gadgetry that Batman has. I think it's just, you know, Wick's got them moves. He's going to take whatever Batman throws at him with his gadgets, and he's going to turn it around and use it against them. No? I'm, I'm side John Wick here. All right. Well, I am going to be uh, Batman side here. Uh, only... Only because, and this, this is this is this is what gives me the edge. He has the body armor. <laughs> that that is like bulletproof. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, telling I, you, he's I, gonna he's gonna figure out. John's gonna figure out a way to get in in there. You know, he'll get that up close. Uh, he'll like choke him or something. I don't. I know. mean, they're they're both trained killers. Beat let's be honest. You. They can, you know, they both know how to use weapons. They're both great with hand to hand combat. Uh, they know how to wrestle, throw people around. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it. If if there was no body armor involved, I would say John Wick in a heartbeat. But I think Batman, because of the body armor, he can just stroll in there, and John Wick will just go shooting his shooting his uh, fancy guns, and it's just gonna bounce off, and he's gonna be like, eh, okay. Then he's gonna say, Man. dodge this. You <laughs> You disappoint me because your answer was really it wasn't Batman. Your answer was body armor. It was John versus body armor. But that is the essence of armor. What a cop out! That is the (laughs) essence of Batman. Is he has his suit? That's his essence. His essence is just body armor. (laughs) I do kind of love that. Um, Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you kind of are wrong. That's not his essence. His essence is like his. He's vengeance, and he's you know, and and he uses his trauma to, well, and he doesn't okay. use guns, and he doesn't use guns. So John Wick has the advantage there. Batman will never use guns, right? I mean, mm, that's true. his thing. That's his whole thing. His ethos is so much more than that. He's dark. I he's know. brooding. He's Michael Keaton sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love this question, uh, but yeah. Josh, I don't know. If all I know is this would be one hell of an entertaining fight. Let's make the movie. TM it now. Batman versus John Wick. All right. Let's get oh, like let's that let... Aliens versus Predator thing. Well, let's get on the phone. Uh, uh, I'll be in charge of getting a hold of Keanu. Okay. You I... can get a hold of uh, uh, whichever Batman you'd like. I think in order to get a hold of Keanu, you just have to uh, fold up a paper plane and throw it your hardest, and eventually it will find him. <laughs> It'll just attract to him. I think I'm going to have more work cut out for me, but uh, I, I'm on board. Excellent. Excellent. Who needs a script? The script is they just are in the same city and they find each other and start fighting. That's the entire movie. Done. 45 minutes, call it a day. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. what a great question to end the show on, wouldn't you say, Jake? It may be the best question we've ever been asked. It, it very well might be. Uh, but yeah, so that, it, no fun episode this evening. Nice and light. Um, 
I gotta have gotta have some of these ever once in a while. Can't all be heavy, dense fantasy football talk. No, we gotta have some fun with it. Keep it light. Keep it light. This was the uh, the sorbet cleanser between last episode and next week's episode. Which, to be fair, I'm very excited for next week. Oh, so I'm rookie exci- landing spots post draft episode. Mm-hmm. We're bringing on a couple of rookie experts here to talk oh, some knowledge. That's-, that's gonna be great too. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then after that is when the fun really begins. Because then we start getting into our divisional breakdown series, which is so much fun. The guests we have on, everyone's a homer in those episodes talking about their teams. And, and just just the, the chatter that goes back and forth between our guests um, on opposite sides with their teams is just fan fucking tastic so i'm really excited for those but yeah next week is going to be awesome getting some reactions from the nfl draft once we know these landing spots and how that affects uh our fantasy outlook uh, for next season and beyond so uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun thank you everyone for joining us go out give us a rate and review please it helps people find us tell your friends subscribe here on youtube ring the bell you'll get notified when we go live every single week so you can see our beautiful faces that go along with these sultry voices. And if you have any sort of fantasy-related questions or life-related questions, find us on Twitter. Find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy. You can find my partner at Jake Trowbridge, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.